Transformers Nitpickers Podcast Show. I'm Paul. I'm John. And today it is episode seven of Transformers Cybertron. It is speed. This episode was written by Genki, Genki, Yoshimura, whose name I've butchered before and has written before. And the last time on Transformers Cybertron, Hot Rod and Red Alert began to butt heads on Velocitron, while Optimus and Jetfire duped the Decepticons with a fake base on Earth. And in this episode, pop quiz, hot shot. There's a bomb on a bus. Once the bus goes over 50 miles an hour, the bomb is armed. If it drops below 50, it blows up. What do you do? What do you do? <laughs> I don't think I've ever actually seen that whole movie. But, it's a fun uh, movie. This time uh, we start on Fire Planet or whatever this place is called. And uh, the guy with the pipe organ is here too with really cool background music. And Starscream activates his cyber key power because he's in a fight with Landmine Overhaul and Optimus Prime. He's actually kind of just in a fight with Landmine and Overhaul because they charge and he fights them and Optimus Prime does nothing. No, he just stands there and Starscream takes up Landmine and Overhaul. It looks like he cuts Overhaul clean in half. And Optimus forms super mode without saying anything, it's kind of weird, and blasts at Starscream, but Starscream just jumps high in the air, brings the sword down, and turns out it was all a training simulation. Okay, it was a good fight, though. It was a good-looking fight. Uh, but Thundercracker's there, and he's like, Ah, you got real fighting prowess, yeehaw, yeehaw. And then the kids go and watch um, a monster movie in the theater, and they've got this music that's kind of like, I don't know, it feels like Mario Brothers. It reminds me of Super Mario Brothers 3 in like a loading screen and shit, uh, but it's called In the Mood for Mischief. And when they come out, Kobe is just wrecked by how scared he was of that monster. Yeah, because uh, Bud and Lori had a really good time with it, but Kobe's, you know, still kind of scared of it, and, and they're making fun of him, and Bud even sneaks up behind him, does the, like, the Ooga Booga kind of thing. <laughs> and now we're back at the base, and now everybody's laughing at him, so <laughs> that's nice. <laughs> they just mocked him the entire way there, and then just kept it up. Uh, Joel, then, he, because he, you know, I want to do it too, uh, he wants to join the kids the next time they go to the movies, which leads us to our conversation on fanboys. Well, yeah, Bud says they can just tell, like, how are they going to explain Jolt's appearance? Well, you could just pretend you're a fanboy, and then he explains what cosplay is, is that people dress up as characters from their favorite shows at anime conventions. Now, I, I don't know a lot about cosplay, and I'm not a big fanboy of anything, I don't think, but I do know there's a difference between fanboys and cosplayers. Cosplayers can be fanboys, but not all fanboys are cosplayers. Like, there, there's a Venn diagram in there with some overlap. But yeah. uh, then Jetfire jokes they should all be fanboys, and Optimus is like, eh, okay. Well, and then Jetfire's like, whoa, 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 boss, I'm just kidding. I mean, obviously, we're a little tall, don't you think? We're, we're going to stand out. <laughs> and then Vector Prime and somebody show up and says, hey, we haven't found any of the cyber planet keys of the map or whatever it is they're looking for. But then we go to Starscream and Megatron, who meet somewhere on a coast. I don't know where. Yeah, wherever this is. And Megatron wants to know if Starscream's found the Omega Lock, and he hasn't. And Megatron thinks, well, a little increase in effort might help. And he mentions Crumple Zone and Ransack, his new lackeys. They're not slackers. Maybe I should get one of them to take your place. I like this Starscream, Paul, because he comes back, you know, when Megatron's like, have you found the cyber planet map thing? And Starscream's like, no, not yet. How's your search gone? Yeah. And Megatron's like, oh, oh, I'm, I'm confident I'll find it. And then when he mentions Crumple Zone and uh, Ransack, uh, Starscream's like, how's their search going? He's like, shut up. Stir, stir, stir. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, Megatron says, yeah, his plan's going fine thanks to the map. And after he leaves, 
turns out Starscream has his own map and he's planning to take over the Decepticons. Yeah, it's it's nice to have this Starscream back. He he had not really been much of anything in Energon. It's nice to have this Starscream back. Oh, Energon, he was just a cardboard cutout, but now we actually have a character again. Uh, so then we go to Lori, who's stargazing with her dad, who can't find Beetlejuice. <laughs> yeah, he, he thinks it's somewhere over to the east. It's like, man, it's one of Orion's shoulders. If there's any star that anybody that owns a telescope would know by name, it would be Beetlejuice, right? If you can't see it, it's because Orion's not up yet. And if this is the middle of the summer, it's not coming up until after the sun comes up. Like Beetlejuice, or sorry, Orion is a winter constellation. And also, like, that means that this guy got a telescope and just, like, pointed it in the sky and went, and started looking around. I can't see nothing. Like, there's there's <laughs> astrological catalogs or whatever they're called. Like, there are, there's, it's in the 2000s. You can get on the internet, dude, and look this stuff up. Well, not only that, even moderately expensive telescopes now, you just put, type in what you want to see, and the thing, once because it has a GPS built in, right? It knows where it is on Earth. It'll turn and point at exactly what you want to see. Yes, which, and I'll carry this over to the mom now. Let's 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 dump on her because she comes <laughs> out to Lori and she's like, asks if Lori wants some green tea. But what she says, the tone she says it in is, would you like some green tea? It's from our own garden. <laughs> like her parents are the quintessential city yuppies who moved out to the country and just like, oh my God, they're going to bring their pompous, assholery throughout this entire series. Yeah, they still have that, like, affluent pretentiousness, yeah. Very pretentious. Anyway, then, uh, oh, Lori has some dumb thing where she's like, hey, Dad, if you could talk to somebody from another planet, would you? And you could talk about the stars. There's no point to any of this until a giant light comes in the sky. Yeah, and it's the Atlantis pattern being shone into the sky like the bat symbol. And uh, I'm surprised why Lori doesn't ask, hey, why is my brother's t-shirts logo in the sky but uh hey there fellas hello yeah i finally found that big fucking hammer so i'm here to fix them shelves with my three screws you know we're recording right eh, don't worry about it i'll hammer real quiet then uh level this shelf off and uh, keep it out of the way for you don't you need an actual level to do that ah christ dooby 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 damn it dooby dilly uh, anyway, like you said, Paul, it, it, it's clearly the sign on her little brothers or her T-shirt, whoever had it. But this episode made me realize the Autobots are suckers. Well, yes. Like you'd also think she'd be like telling her brother, "Hey, come look at this." But no, you know, I don't know why he's not out here. But, but uh, yeah, they're gonna go check it out because they go up and down all the ramps and oh connect God. all the bridges and eventually open all the mountainsides yes the mountainside opens clean up and it's like, i think this is the third or fourth different mountainside they've opened and this one is like the entire mountain and it's like perfectly split straight down the middle like what did they <laughs> cut that with but uh yeah eventually they leave to go check it out yeah so they they get closer and closer i, I forget who it is jetfire think it's close to anyway turns out it's clearly not the omega key because it was like a mile from their base and well, it's yeah. just thundercracker with a searching for it you'd think they'd start in that area yeah it's thundercracker with a spotlight this is i i don't understand how they fell for this there would be no signal no aura or sound or whatever it is the kids pick up it's literally just a light in the sky that's like somebody looking for when they were searching for osama bin laden that's like if somebody turned a spotlight on in new york city 
that just had Osama bin Laden's face in it, like the bat symbol, and the U.S. government said, oh, there he is. That's the intelligence they're coming at this one with. But yeah, they uh, find out that it's, well, actually, uh, before that, Lori's dad sees the Autobots, so that just has little specks in the sky, and, and his wife's like, oh, no, it's just the Air Force coming to check that out. But the Autobots can see that it's just Thundercracker, and who blasts at them and Optimus says humans are going to notice this time and then we go to Sheriff Deputy Yucks and <laughs> and Schmucks I don't know what their names are but but the, the deputy's like oh that must be a fireworks or Northern Lights or something <laughs> and the sheriff is like you idiot it's a good Don Knotts yeah, yes yeah yeah <laughs> very much um, and it's uh, anyway they, they go to check it out yeah and uh, as the driving Autobots are approaching, Thundercracker fires at the cliff wall, and a giant rock starts to fall, but Landmine activates his cyber key power. Everybody oh, yeah. uses cyber key power in this episode, and I have no idea what he did here. It looks like he jumps and slams into the rock in front-end loader mode, like he jumps in loader mode, and then activates his fan wheel things, but it's so close up. It's like Michael Bay kind of stuff. It's so close up, you can't even tell what he did, but by the way, it worked. I think what happened is, like you said, he jumped up onto this falling rock in vehicle mode, and then it looked like spikes came out of his back tires, and I think he spun out on it, grinding it to dust before it could land on Optimus. Incredibly impractical, but... Yeah, sounds looks good on the page. And Overhaul makes a beeline for Thundercracker, who just turns the light on and blinds him before activating his cyber key power. And he blasts Optimus, who separates from his trailer and transforms it into a gun platform, I guess. And that was kind of cool. Bullseye Thundercracker and the light. Yeah, I did like the gun platform. It was it was different. I, I like when he uses the convoy. Um, and so Thundercracker starts to fly away and he bumps into Starscream, yeah, who apparently hadn't authorized this attack. Well, yeah, he tells him, like, this is a stupid idea. Let me do the thinking from now on. And Jetfire and Vector Prime transform and confront him. And Starscream just tosses Thundercracker aside. Now it's his turn to activate his cyber key. And then Optimus, because this is what this Optimus does, orders Jetfire to stand down so he can square off against Starscream. Why not take them on together? Well, yeah, exactly. There are how many Autobots here and two Decepticons? Like, But Starscream lands in front of Optimus and commercial break. And when we come back, Optimus becomes Super Thing. Well, yeah, but he says... When he does it, he says cyber key power, but yeah, he turns into super mode. But Starscream tries his best moves that he calls him, I guess, and dare I say he puts the moves on him, but hey. it doesn't do a damn thing, and Jolt sees the sheriff's vehicle approaching from the air. Yeah, and then... Starscream somehow overhears that because he's like, okay, another time, Optimus. And, and they yeah, fly away. dancer anyway. Yeah, but what? Since when did Starscream give a shit about humans? He should just, he should go attack them. Well, yeah, he hasn't even taken an Earth form yet. Like Thundercracker has, but not Starscream or Megatron. Anyway, Optimus and all this back and forth calls uh, Starscream Megatron's lackey, which really sets him off. Oh, he's like, yeah, I bow to no one kind of thing. And then he and Thundercracker retreat through a portal and the Autobots run for it too. And when the sheriff and Don Knotts, I forget what that character's name was on that show. Yeah, right, but to, uh, they Google just that. find the wreckage of the light. There's nothing else around. Barney Fife. Anyway, we go oh, back yes. to Velocitron, where Breakdown and Clocker are working on Hotshot, uh, like getting them ready for another race. And I, I looked for the music for the what what song this was from the uh, uh, Cybertron soundtrack. Couldn't find it, but I'll be damned if it doesn't sound like the intro to the eulogy, uh, the intro to Eulogy by Tool. Oh yeah. 
friggin' awesome album. That whole damn album. It is. I actually just went and saw them on their most recent tour uh, when they were in Vancouver. Fucking great show. Do you know what I noticed? I was about the median age. We, we, we were looking around and we all figured that the median age was like 38 to 40. There oh, was nice. a lot of gray hair at that show. There was this dude, so we were down on the floor, and there was this dude, we just kept looking up to our left. He was like, I don't know, fourth, maybe fifth, sixth row. Um, must have been 70-something. Like, wearing like a plaid shirt and a sweater vest over it with a collar. Looked like everybody's grandpa. And he was there with his son, fucking rocking out. Nice. Did my heart good. Yeah, I also saw a lot of parents who had their kids with them. Not a lot of kids, but there were some kids there, and I was just like, good, good. Keep this band alive forever. Anyway, while uh, the Dingus and Doofus are working on Hot Shot, uh, Red Alert is watching this. Like He's kind of like half hiding behind a column. <laughs> but he, what he notices is that Hot Shot has removed his self-analysis system in order to become lighter. Yeah, he's taking out all this stuff, and Red Alert's like, has, isn't he light enough? But uh, Override pulls up to the line and asks Hot Shot if he's ready, and he is, and... Clocker starts the race like three, two, one, away you go, and Hot Shot's off, but Override just sits there, letting him get a lead. Now, I'm not a car guy, dear listeners, I know you know that, but I do know that you don't need to be light to go faster, you need grip, so yeah. what Hot Shot wants is to get himself pressed into the racetrack with, like, spoilers in the back of his car, or he needs, like, a vacuum system underneath to suck him closer to the ground. Like, to get... Formula One cars are not that heavy, but yes. they got an awful lot of downforce once they get moving fast. That's what's holding them to the track. That's why they can take turns at such high speeds. I have been told, and a lie to me is a lie to you, that a Formula One car, when it gets to its maximum speed, has so much force pushing it to the road that in theory, if it was driving on a ceiling, it wouldn't fall. Oh, if wow. you could somehow just have it on a ceiling at that speed, it would stay on the ceiling. Anyway, this is going to be such a long fucking episode. We've gone off the rail on a lot of stuff. Uh, so yeah, finally Override takes off, and they're kind of playing this Mission Impossible type music. Um, and sh th there's a lot of taunting and monologues as they are side by side on the racetrack. Yeah, and she catches up to him and then passes him like he stopped. And he needs more speed and realizes the only way he'll get it is with a cyber key. And of course. Is this the first time Hotshot used one? But either way, he basically turns into tracks. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, he just gets an... Uh, he, well, he gets a thing called an Accelowing, Accelowing, whatever he calls it. Yeah, but these little wings pop out of the back of him, kind of like tracks did in G1. Yes, which, if they were creating downward force, that would be a good thing. Yeah. Um, but apparently, I don't know if he passes over Ryder, doesn't, but something goes wrong, which his uh, self-analysis system would have alerted him to, and he... Crashes, veers oh, off the track. Okay, that's what happened. Because yes, he does pass her, but something explodes in behind him, and he drives through the wall and off the track. And override stops and looks down at him for a bit, and she's kind of intrigued by him. It's like, oh, that was nice pace or something. I think she says. But then she just transforms back and drives off, and she can't wait until their next race. Yeah, she's intrigued. I like that. I, I do like how Hotshot and Red Alert's story is slowly progressing on uh, this planet. Uh, we go back to Megatron, who finally introduces Starscream to Crumplezone and Ransack, and Starscream wants to, like, borrow them, and Megatron asks why, uh, and it's a kind of a good reason. He wants to test them out. He's like, if I'm going to be commanding these Decepticons to find the thing and kill the Autobots, I want to test them out. Yeah, I gotta know if they'll be reliable as, you know, subordinates, if, if they're going to follow my orders kind of thing so they fly out uh, and they find red alert i don't know why but he's scavenging for parts at a junkyard uh, probably something to repair a hotshot with i i would oh, think yeah, but, okay. uh, Duh. 
But uh, Red Alert asks how they knew he was an Autobot because he's never met these two before. But then he notices that Starscream is with them. Yes, who immediately orders the other two to kick the shit out of Red Alert, which they do very well. Um, there's a line where Crumple Zone says, Enter the Crumple Zone! And then just slugs him. Yeah, and then Crumple Zone activates his cyber key power, because everybody gets to in this episode, and he blasts Red Alert, and it's a crazy explosion. But as they stand there dancing in celebration, you just hear <laughs> Red Alert go, Red Alert, transform! And he comes driving out of the fire, and... Of course, activates his cyber key power. <laughs> and then he shoots the Decepticons, blast them away. Uh, Starscream shoots him and leaves. And we kind of end with Starscream monologuing to himself in the air about the upcoming Age of Starscream. It's the old Atlantis pattern in the sky trick again, and the Autobots fell for it, hook, line, and sinker. Shouldn't they be asking more questions, or any questions, like who or what is projecting that light? Couldn't they scan the area from their base, see what's going on first before heading out? We've seen before that they can detect Decepticons, and where did Thundercracker get that spotlight? What, did he steal it from the band that uses that pattern as their logo? Did he just tell them he was with the road crew and he had to take the light back to the shop to fix it like the fucking Grinch with the Christmas tree? Nah, it's cool, man. They hired me last week. I look like this because I'm a fanboy. Uh, why am I 20 feet tall? Yeah, you don't worry about that. It's an unrelated matter. I'll have it back in no time. And then once he gets it out there, what's he powering it with? Does he have extension cords running all the way back to town? Or hand crank on the side of it? And then when the Autobots see it's just Thundercracker with a spotlight, well, why not just turn around and call it a night before the shooting starts? They should know that if they can see this thing, that humans can see it too. A human is the one that told them about it in the first place. Like, someone is going to come check it out, and someone actually does come check it out, but what if actual fanboys of whatever band it is show up expecting a show? What are you going to do then? Tell them you're fanboys too, and just repeat <laughs> Here we are at the end of another episode of the Transformers Nitpickers Podcast Show. This episode was Speed, Paul... What'd you like about Speed? I liked all the speedy bits with Override and Hotshot. That, like you said, and where Red Alert and Hotshot story is coming along slowly but steadily. It's coming along, but all the bits on Earth... Uh, the fight was kind of alright, but again, it's just one shot, one punch. It, it, there's never any extended fighting between two Transformers. It's always just one move, then they switch to another one. Yeah. The ho uh, the hologram training fight with Starscream at the beginning was pretty good. Oh, yeah. Um, but I do agree with you, the fights on Earth. Here's one great thing I will say about Earth. There's really not that much screen time for the kids. Aside from, like, there was that little scene outside the theater. I don't know why that even mattered. And then there was the telescope stuff with the parents, which was just dumb parents. But aside, like, the kids weren't there. They're telling the Autobots what to do. Well, yeah, it wasn't like um, Armada or Renerjohn where it's children giving technical advice to yeah. Transformers. <laughs> yeah, I, but I, I agree with you about Hotshot and Red Alert on Velocitron. I really do like that. I, the races are fun. They're all well shot. It feels like like really cool Hot Wheels commercials from the 90s and 80s. Um, I, this is, you know what? I'm not disliking Cybertron thus far, I got to admit. No, and it, it, like I said, it is nice to see Starscream as a character again. Yes. It's nice to see Hotshot as a character. Like, this guy is... I mean, it's the guy that did Red, so he always high energy anyway, but he's not phoned in like he was in Energon. Exactly, yeah. That was really disappointing because he was really energetic in Armada and then just nothing in Energon. It was like they said, hey, no, this is all about Ironhide. Hotshot, you shut up. Um, but yeah, it's nice to see him. And he plays that energetic speed addict really well. And Red Alert is a little 
boring, but that's that is his character. Yeah, exactly. This has been a long episode of Tefimpus. I mean, I say long; it's probably been like twenty-two minutes or something. But um, it, I guess this this series really is starting to speak to us because we're spending a lot of time talking about it. The next episode we're going to talk about is Collapse. If you want to talk to a couple guys who are probably just given up, uh, falling apart, uh, you can email the show, transformersnitpickers at gmail.com. Yeah, make sure you rate and review us in your podcast app, whatever it is you listen to us with, whatever you listen to Tool with, and tell all your friends, tell everybody you know. We're still on Twitter. We don't mention it much because it's a garbage fire now, but I mean, you can contact us on Twitter at John Sobey at pmcpherson1, uh, but you can find old episodes of the show at transformersnitpickers.podbean.com. And until the next episode, keep on transforming. See you later. Well, a little increase in effort might help.